Welcome to Light Treason News, everyone. Pop culture, politics, and a sprinkle of treason. I'm joined today by Keisha. Hey, Allison. How are you? I'm great. I haven't I'm, seen you in so long. I, yeah, I feel like I've like literally brushed shoulders with you, and then I'm like, I gotta go, <laughs> or you're like, I'm on my way. Uh, yes, <laughs> it's true. Uh, so I wanted to ask you, what are you up to? How are you? I'm good. I've just been uh, hanging out, probably uh, uh, oversharing my <laughs> life stage. So Andrew and I, we froze uh, sperm and eggs to create embryos, and oh, now yeah. we're looking for a surrogate. Wow. Um, I remember you guys, like, in the early stages, pondering that. Yes, and now that we've done that part, it's uh, the next thing... Uh, I'm trying to do is, yeah, just have a baby. Yeah, Not a baby. That's a big fucking deal. Yeah, and uh, then we'll see whatever happens next. Yeah. It it's a it's really kind of a uh, sure. <laughs> um, yeah. So my brain's kind of fried that with that. It's like so adult. <laughs> It is. Like, it is. I'm overwhelmed, you know, with the basic requirements of survival on a day-to-day basis, let alone, like, trying to organize things to create life. <laughs> I feel like that would be next-level anxiety. I, it's very funny because I thought, oh, it'll, like, it, it's been a journey because talking about, like, it's that tricky thing of maybe women should have a uh, full autonomy and be respect. I don't know. I mean, that sounds crazy. I mean, oh, that's right. I am uptight. <laughs> I'm the uptight one. <laughs> yes, where it's like if, if a woman wants to use her body for to produce income for herself mm. uh, and she's aware, I, I guess I'm the asshole for clearly supporting. Clearly. How dare you? That. Um, and then how stuff like non-creating life style. Oh. Uh, well, Astronomy Club, we did our web series with Comedy Central. It's really good. If you guys haven't seen it, um, you should check it out immediately. Get great reviews, oh, which is thank awesome. thank you. Yeah, it's been a, a trip to yeah. do and uh, just feel very happy with how it turned out, how it's been received and yeah trying to sleep more i'm recording an audiobook oh yeah um it's a little erotic it's street lit Fuck, it's yeah. full on the genre of street lit which is like daniel Steele meets black culture beats i mean it is the things and i'm using a pseudonym so uh you <laughs> You'll never find me. <laughs> yeah, I I enjoy it because it's like, oh, you like my silky voice, but like some, wow. and it's a trip because it it's so funny. Yeah, and it it has lesbian sex. It has like. Did you seek that out, or did it find you? It found me, and I feel like I'm expanding my horizons. Yeah, like just because I was like I like hearing uh, vaginal wetness referred to as love juices what? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> wait okay i have so many questions do you read it ahead of time so you're yes. braced okay so you're not in the booth and you're like what like every page that's so no. funny oh my god yeah i've been reading it and i'm like on the train and i'm like i hope <laughs> no one sees because it's like because it was uh, i think there was something where it was like, I can't wait to suck that clit right off. Wow. Um, sir. Or ma'am. It was ma'am. Okay. It was a ma'am. Yeah. Uh, ma'am on ma'am. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and it was uh, uh, joyful, but there were plot twists. And I was like, oh. Wow. Ooh. That is so, well, you have a new career talent now. Uh, we'll see that no one, I'm. I, someone will find me. But I was like, I didn't. Write it, but also it is nasty. Sometimes. That would be fun to have like a career side project that like no one knew about and mm -hmm. you could just sort of make money from that and it's like your private little thing. It's kind of fun. Yeah. Honestly, I'm learning a lot. Part of it is I'm learning a new skill. 
and I'm learning how to breathe into a microphone mm-hmm. and continue my sentences and about my breathing and how to use my breathing for intention. Yeah, that's I it. have a whole new appreciation on a very different note after listening to all the Harry Potter audiobooks. Oh, because I listened to the series done by Jim Dale. And that was a very um, highly praised, award-winning series. And he was amazing. Like, listening to him do every character in Harry Potter, and truly every character has a unique voice, was incredible. I was like, this is so hard, and he's making it feel effortless. (laughs) And that's the thing that I'm learning. Mm -hmm. Like, those are the skills that I was like, well, I guess I'm going to have to use my British accent. (laughs) Do I have one? I have one? Okay, yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, passable. Yeah, whenever I'm in an improv scene and I attempt a British accent, I'm like, I'd like to apologize to all British people. Yeah. Um, but England. then but then not really. Uh, really. You kind of deserve it. Yeah, they colonize like everything, so it's fine. That's right. My, this is my revenge for you yeah. colonizing. Yeah. This does crappy it, accent. I'm does doing. it hurt your ears? Right? Are we balanced now? No, we're not anywhere near the balanced. Um, so before we get into bad news, I wanted to get recommendations from you. Anything you're reading, watching, or listening to right now that's bringing you joy before we talk about bombs? Oh, uh, anything that's bringing me... And it doesn't even have to be like that. It could truly be anything that's bringing you joy. Oh, I'm trying to think of things that are bringing me joy. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. This is also very challenging sometimes uh, um, to think about anything. Oh, so it's such a small thing, but I have a, a down allergy and a lot of winter coats are filled with down. And I found a winter coat uh, that has, uh, I feel like I'm doing a commercial, <laughs> Prima Loft. <laughs> um, but it's very challenging uh, to find a a hefty mm-hmm. winter yep. coat that'll take on the cold if uh and with that has decent fill that isn't too bulky that doesn't look awful yep. so i found a winter coat and it made me so happy That's i awesome. like it i was very happy and it's such a simple coat and it's all plastic (laughs) yeah no that's important because i have not a similar thing but i'm vegan so i can't have a jacket or i choose not to have a jacket filled with down and i found one that was filled with like all synthetic Mm -hmm. fibers and but it's very like well insulated and that was a big day for me it's it's a challenge it's a it's a challenge to find a reasonable Mm. winter coat hell yeah which is why i'm very excited to now donate my old winter coat that's uh gently used Mm -hmm. uh for this upcoming winter yeah uh do you have time to watch anything or read oh i'm watching uh that uh the haunting of hill house that thing i I have i'm truly i i bet everyone listening right now is like please don't get allison going on the haunting of hill house because <laughs> i love it i think it's so good i was shocked it's like a soap opera meets horror yeah and i didn't realize i was like oh is this everything i've wanted out of a show because i love horror and usually i don't like family you love you like horror have i not told you that Oh my god! Have I not gone on at length about my obsession with horror? <laughs> I mean, it's it's, so sorry, it's like I've never seen your sleep. <laughs> uh, I like horror a little bit, um, <laughs> and I usually don't like family-based dramas. Like This Is Us, I saw the first season and I was like, I get it. And everyone was like, "Don't you want to know who dies?" And I was like, I don't care. Like I had seen enough of it. But this, I feel like, is as close to that family, if you will, of genre. Uh, as I'm willing to get. It has to be scary if I'm going to watch something like that. And I was worried uh, it was, yeah, I enjoyed that they mashed up those two genres. And I was. It worked. It worked really well. Also, I have to say, I haven't read the book. I know people who have read the book who were disappointed in the series. Well. But in the sense that not like in the usual way where like the Harry Potter fans were like, you didn't have this detail in this movie. And it was like, right, it's two hours and 40 minutes. We had to cut stuff. 
it's in the sense that like they changed huge parts of the book. Uh, And I understand why people are upset. Like the show is much more optimistic than the book. Oh, I get truly. Did you watch the whole series or in the process? Okay. So I finished it last night. So if I have bags under my eyes, that's (laughs) why it's so addictive. Like I would watch a full episode and it felt like it went by in 15 minutes. And then I would be like, well, I guess I'll just watch another episode. It was so good. It was very addictive. But I guess this is a minor spoiler if you want to skip ahead to the bad news section if you're still watching it. But the last line of the the Netflix series is we walk together. And the last line of the book is we walk alone. Like that's how different the book is Uh, from the TV series. Okay, I see why I see why they'd want to give and this is my pushback. Maybe maybe we need a little hope. That's how I felt. I was like, I, was I like, don't I care about these characters so much. I don't want to watch them each die a terrible death. And like I want them to be together at the end. Like I want some optimism at the end of this. I, I mean, we are living in times where it's like, can give me one, one Can you thing. be mad at optimism? <laughs> like I understand the inconsistency because it speaks to the loneliness, but then there's like part of me who's like Things are so like I was looking at the news on my way here, <laughs> going, Alice. I know, like, and we're gonna get to it, guys. In the bad news section, we're gonna talk about a, a bunch of bad shit. But when I was watching The Haunting of Hill House, I was like, I want this family to be kind of okay. And by the way, didn't they go through enough bad shit for you people? Oh. Like a bunch of terrible things happened in that show, and I'm sorry, not all of it was bad. <laughs> Yeah, well, I I think it's a fair thing. I woke up this morning and I went, I just want it to be okay. Yeah. I'm not not great. Yeah, not great. I'm not saying, woo, I want the world. Fa-. I yeah. was like, maybe maybe life could be okay. And then I like watched some the news, and the happiest thing I could see is Megan Kelly might lose. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I And believe me, I have that in the good news section because okay. I was like, this okay. counts as good news for me that Megan Kelly might be done uh, or at least partially done. Yeah. Having I feel like I have set myself up for failure on this show having a good news segment because there are some days where I'm just like, what's a good like I find cute animal stories because I'm like, this is kind of happy. I don't uh, know. I, I, I've been animals are such a nice relief yeah. from the world also hugs i've been hugging a lot of people yeah and like lingering hugs like not in a creepy (laughs) way but in a and it's been a shared moment of like right this is better (laughs) this is like our escapism from the world yeah let's just yeah i really do yearn for the days where i was like uh this is all right it's not great but it's not bad but it's not catastrophic Every single day, which again, we're going to get to guys. Don't worry. You're probably like, why are you not talking about the bombs right now? (laughs) Because we got to talk about non-bomb shit so we don't all collapse in on ourselves. Oh, God. So Haunting of Hill House. Great. Recommend. Huge recommendation. Um, Anything else you're listening to or reading? Uh, Well, that consumed my last two days. As we said, very addictive. I will say, like, warning, if you start to watch it, make sure that you have enough time to binge watch it because that's what you're going to do. Oh, yeah. Uh, I didn't sleep this week. I started it Monday. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Oh, wow. And it's Thursday right now. Friday for you guys. Don't freak out. Uh, Yeah, I... And I was busy. I... (laughs) I've been, have been watching. busy. Yeah. I've had things. Sure. But I still found I time. was also busy when I was watching it, but I like I stayed up an hour every night. And I was getting home pretty late to watch it, which I don't recommend. It's a very scary show. So I was watching it in my pitch black room right before I went to bed. And that's how good it is that I was like, this is a terrible idea, but I got to know what's happening. I, I slept with the light on one or two nights <laughs> because I was like, it's 3 a.m. It's so scary. It's so scary, guys. That's like another thing. I saw some people who were like, it wasn't even that scary. I'm like, oh, you're a, a bad person. And I don't believe you weren't scared. I think you just want to be the contrarian who was like, I didn't think it was that scary. Uh, uh, here's the thing. It wasn't gory. No, which I like. And I, yeah, I... I so I appreciated it because it just like it 
used drama and horror, which are both about creating tension Mm -hmm. in a really fun way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was excellent. I saw some speculation about season two. I don't see how that would happen. I want it to not. That's kind of like, um, oh, what was that show? It was also a book, but it was on a network. Mm. Oh, was it um, Matt Dillon? Oh, okay. I was thinking of uh, Big Little Lies. Oh, no. Uh, This one is, um, it's a weird, it's one of those, it's a weird town things. Oh, wait. Yes, I know what you're talking about. I can't remember the name of it, though. Uh, uh, I'll remember it eventually. Yeah. Well, I'm Googling, guys. It's worth it. Wayward Pines? Yeah, Wayward Pines. Yeah. So I read the books, and then, like, I I did dig season one. Season two, I was like, stop. Just stop. Yeah. And I gave up on season two. See, I... Even if it was a whole new family, like in the house, I don't want to watch it because I feel like the the first season was perfect. Do you know, um, here's a pitch. The only way they could do it mm-hmm. is if they went back in time. Yeah, I. Yes. Because yeah. the, the, that's the only way they could do it is answer the questions that were set up. Right, like the the tall man and all of that stuff. Yeah, that would be interesting. Yeah, and because it would be able to break from a modern history mm-hmm. and we could see the journey and then we get to know the house, but then that's two seasons unless right. we see it being built. Like there's only three seasons. It's just a season of building the house. Yeah. I was like, there's a season of maybe building the house and horrific things. <laughs> sure. And then a season of like the first family or so. Yeah, I'd watch it. I want to know what the dude's deal, uh, with the guy with the handlebar mustache, what's his deal? Yeah. And, and what's going on. And so those that's, but that's us season. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And I, like, I would make fun of it, but I 100% would watch it. Yeah. Do I you watch American Horror Story? Yes, I do. I, I I'm stopped. I'm not watching this season because I like to binge watch it. I feel like Same. that enhances the experience. I wouldn't be able to. I feel like I lose interest week to week. Same. So I just wait till they're, like, I'm doing that with Riverdale right now. I'm not watching the latest season, but I'll binge watch it when it's out. I'm doing that with Shit's Creek. Same. Me too. I'm on season two now. Um, I s- just started watching. I'm halfway through season one. It's such a joy. It, again, if you're looking for a show that will give you a reprieve from like the awfulness of the world, nothing bad happens in Shit's Creek. Or if it happens, it happens to like <clears throat> people who deserve it and it's not too terrible. <laughs> and the actors are so lovely in yes. playing people who deserve things bad things to happen and it's not really bad no it's not it's it's like hard yeah like the, it's the all premise of first the show, world problems yes exactly like the whole premise of the show is that there's a very rich family that was tax dodging and they get busted by the irs and they have to move to a shitty town that's the bad thing that happens yeah and that's like the only bad thing that happens other than yeah like the thread count of our sheets isn't high enough and like it's it's funny watching rich people think they have problems yeah (laughs) um that they're like and realizing that oh they could think their way through this problem but they (laughs) don't the, the fact that they think they have any useful knowledge is so funny uh because they truly are useless people and it's very funny watching them co-habitat with people who have actual skills and that's part of the joy yeah. is because you're rooting for the people who are like we we what? don't have <laughs> money yeah like but we survive what the hell is yeah. wrong with you people and their assumption like the rich people's assumption that they'll have all of the like accoutrements they're used to uh like an espresso machine in a very shitty motel is like why would you think that would be it's there so delightful <laughs> it's not Uh, Guys, all right, we'll get into it. (sighs) Let's all hold hands and cry. Here's your bad news.
I hit pause and we're, we're both just sitting here going, oh my God, oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> so I believe the count right now, according to the FBI, is they have found seven explosive devices. I just need this sigh. Uh, the explosive devices were addressed to the Clintons, Obama. I believe Maxine Walters got two. That's how mad Maxine Walters makes people. Um, or I'm sorry, makes racists. <laughs> Not all people. Uh, Robert De Niro, Joe Biden, John Brennan. Um, you know, all the, the big hits in the, the either the Democratic Party or like Democratic supporters. Uh, in the case of Robert De Niro. Um, and obviously they don't know who's behind it yet. They are doing all sorts of tests right now to make those determinations because that's what the FBI does. And almost immediately a false flag conspiracy theory has started <sighs> on the right. Uh, the, uh, I guess the logic is that the Democrats, oh, I forgot Debbie Wasserman Schultz got one. Uh, because it was returned <laughs> from Eric Holder. Oh, my God. Yep, 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 yep. So I guess the theory is that the Democrats mailed themselves bombs to guarantee they would win the midterms. That's the conspiracy theory. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, so stupid. I, I don't even know where to start because... These packages were mailed to mailrooms, first of all. they that By the way, if you're thinking of bombing anyone, I don't think you understand how the mail works. Nope. Uh, they don't leave packages at Barack Obama's doorstep because that would be insane because a lot of people want to hurt Barack Obama. So what they do is they have other people at other facilities go through their mail so that if something like this happens, if they're mailed like a suspicious substance or something, they can get the authorities there quickly and a whole bunch of people don't die. So... It would be like the dumbest possible strategy if you were trying to create some kind of <coughs> catastrophic, catastrophic event to distract from the midterm or guarantee. By the way, how would that lead to a guaranteed victory at the midterms? No, uh, I, I would combine this with uh, uh, like if you look at the hateful energy on the right, I, I just I don't know how disconnected you are from reality right. because it's like oh the proud boys beating up people right. uh of course there's more violence of course sending troops to the mexico i, I mean it's an escalation of violence yeah. and hate crimes all around except we're changing the terms of hate crimes so now we can't call them hate crimes right. so now there's no th i mean there's been an escalation of violence why right. why what how many backflips mentally do you have to do? Right. And I think that's what's so frustrating when people like Joe Biden come out and say shit like, so Joe Biden got mailed a bomb. That's a severe crime, right? <laughs> like somebody tried to blow you up. And his first response was, we need to tone down the rhetoric on both sides, which is playing into exactly what the Republicans want. What was the first thing Trump did after all of these bombs got mailed? He went out and he blamed the media. He was like, uh, I condemn these actions, but also it's the media's duty. That also got mailed a bomb. <laughs> yes, CNN. Uh, if you haven't seen that clip online, it's terrifying. Ugh. CNN, like the anchors are on air and the fire alarm starts, starts going off and they don't know what happened. And then they have to cut the feed in like the middle of an interview when they were talking about other Democrats being mailed bombs. They were covering that story. And then someone discovers the bomb that was mailed to CNN and they have to evacuate. So CNN just like cuts the interview. Uh, it's really, really scary to watch. But Trump blamed the media. He was like, it's oh, I, your fault. I wonder if more bombs will be sent to more media right, out after uh, that. So then it's frustrating that Biden gets out there and he's like, truly, this is what we're talking about. One side, the, the left, if you want to call it that, is interrupting people's dinner. So they're like interrupting Sarah Huckabee Sanders or they're interrupting Mitch McConnell. Protesting. Protesting. The other side is mailing bombs. And when you come out and say both sides need to tone down the rhetoric, it's like we're not talking about rhetoric anymore. We're not talking about words. One side is being violent, like what they did in Charlottesville. A Nazi killed Heather Heyer. Or what they do, you know, like jumping people of color. Or, or We're talking about physical acts of violence versus ruining Mitch McConnell's dinner. I, I, I mean, we are at the point where comfort of these people 
has been deemed more valuable than the the bodily right. <laughs> safety. Right. And you can't compare bodily safety mm -hmm. to uh, dis mild discomfort. Not even abuse. We're no. not even an abuse. Discomfort. Right. And especially, I mean, how do you live with yourself if someone mails you a bomb and you're like, you're right, I should tone down my rhetoric. Like, that's your response to someone committing a crime and trying to kill you? The fact that, like... Ugh, that's another thing. Like the people who were mailed bombs are the most milk toast Democrats. I mean, maybe other than Maxine Walters, who like you know uh, Maxine Waters, who does uh, actually bring it. Uh, but like Obama, the Clintons, Robert De Niro, like they're such moderate targets. And I and, actually and Robert De Niro's an actor who yeah. just isn't afraid to tell Trump to go fuck himself and is an anti-vaxxer. <laughs> Like, I mean, that's yeah. not even like a great Democrat, but yeah, I, I think maybe that's deliberate too. like to target the most moderate Democrats is a message to the extreme left, which is like, if we're going to do that to these Democrats, what do you think we're going to do to you? Well, and and I think this is the place where it's just like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. I was talking to a friend yesterday and I was like no I see this as an escalation in a really scary way yeah. where um America's history of violence mm -hmm. is uh long and extremism left unchecked and um just reading about people posting on Twitter how after uh I forget which incident but w we've been warned of increasing mm -hmm. A hateful rhetoric on the right right and now it's beginning to tip i mean it's misogynistic it's uh and uh it's islamophobic it's anti-semitic it's yeah. uh racist right. it's and sexist we, yeah, i mean grrr. sure yeah we and we had seen like isolated <laughs> cases like there was a guy on a plane who just got kicked off because he was trying to play footsie with a woman sitting by him and when they were kicking him off the plane, he said it was okay that he was doing it because Trump said it was okay. So, like, there are isolated events like that, but I feel like we are rapidly approaching... I mean, we've already arrived, the organized... Like, the Proud Boys just beat somebody up, beat up several people in New York City. Yeah, and they've been organizing around the country. Yeah. And, uh, w I mean, we're not talking about, like, well, why are people doing this because right. it's from so many different points of views and in terms of like the ridiculous radical right right and when we if we do talk about it it's in this ridiculous like well both sides need to tone it down which no! is a false equivalency and also it's just it's a nonsense statement and i when you say that you're spinning your wheels we're not actually talking about what the issue is the issue is that the far right is has fully embraced the language of violence and they're using it to marginalize and intimidate people and dehumanize enemies right and exactly dehumanize them to the point where violence is okay right. dehumanize them where violence is uh not in any defensive way it's an absolute offensive way right. they're using violence offensively to people who disagree Trump is mm -hmm. baiting these people, yep. telling them to do that. Surprisingly, he didn't apologize to CNN. Oh, no. In fact, further blamed the victim where he was like, and you do have to take responsibility for what you've done, which is like ba basically saying you had it. Uh, and, and the other thing, it's like, nope, no, no. no. Uh, here's the thing. I disagree with Fox News. Yeah, I disagree. It is horrific if anyone used violence. Right to intimidate them sure yeah that i i was like discomfort mm -hmm. oh people yell at me while i eat right you get you try to get sponsors pulled from fox news that's fair game that's uh quote unquote letting the market decide right but violence yeah. and not speaking in a hard line against violent acts yeah. i here's the thing I was like, self-defense is not the same as offense. Right. Well, that's the whole debate between like the fascists and the Antifa. 
accusing the the anti-fascists of violence is ridiculous because they are a defensive measure. They are there because fascists are marching, which is the original act of aggression. Any response to fascism is valid because what fascism is saying is we are here to obliterate you. Yes. Uh, so every act to destroy fascists is defensive by its definition. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's very... I, but violence is also just a bad strategy. It's obviously like immoral and all of that stuff, but I, I don't think there's any like any greater way to guarantee a, a way to radicalize your opponent than using violence. I, it's just a dumb strategy. And and it, it's <laughs> it's that you know it's the back and forth. I always like to think of it. It's the X Men uh, slash. Uh, uh, Martin Luther King Jr. versus the Malcolm yes, X. Yeah. It's the constant struggle of nonviolent versus like active self-protection. Mm -hmm. And like, I mean. But it, even in that case, they're both defensive measures. Yeah, but they're both. The, and I think, yeah. So what we're talking about is on the left talking about defensive measures. Yeah. And whether and we can have that conversation you know, and it's like, a valid conversation it, right totally. now and i think you need both always in every movement you yes need the passive resistance if you want to call it that i think that's kind of a, a misleading term but the martin luther king juniors and the the malcolm x's the direct action people i think every successful movement has had those two wings but i think that's a fair discussion to have every time like all right for this this action who's gonna lead you know i mean yeah when the proud boys uh hurl homophobic slurs and yeah beat up people in the queer community beat yeah. up people of color beat up who what make anyone they disagree with targets right. uh i think it's a fair conversation yeah i mean especially when the extreme right is so clearly taking cues from an administration that has waged open war on people of color immigrants refugees and transgender people now and women and women of course of course women <laughs> Um, yeah, it, it, uh, it is so obvious that this radical following is taking direct cues from this administration. Like we've been talking about, uh, Jamal Khashoggi a lot and for Trump to get up there and be like, oh, this is terrible. This is terrible. After he literally called the press, the enemy of the people. And then it's like, why do you think Saudi Arabia felt that they could get away with murdering a journalist? Oh, man. So it's like the president, it, there's no coded language when he's like, so chill, so chill, so chill. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, they, other authoritarian leaders are looking to Trump for cues. They're like, this is our homie. <coughs> he's telling us he's cool with. And he's aligned himself with these people. Yeah. That's the other thing. Very, and made very public mm. displays right. of right. aligning himself with. Uh, other maniacal leaders. Right. Uh, guys, I feel like I could talk the full hour about the bombs, but let's move on to... I also wanted to talk about... Uh, this is kind of a big deal, and I, not many people are talking about it, at least from what I've seen. I saw it at thestatesman.com. Austin is pretty much out of water. So Austin It's a water, zero day for Austin Water? Yeah, so it should have been a zero day for a while, but I think Austin Water and officials were telling city residents that they need to reduce their water use, but now they've escalated that language. Um, so officials said Austin Water treatment plants can currently produce 105 million gallons of water per day. Current customer use is about... 120 million gallons per day. So they're using way more, way more water than they have. Uh, water reserve levels are reaching minimal levels. So Austin Water said immediate action is needed to keep the city from running out of water altogether. They're asking every resident to cut their personal water use by 15 to 20%, avoid all outdoor, all outdoor water use, and cut back on indoor use right away. And they're calling it an emergency situation. Jesus. So that's even like, maybe don't shower. Well, 15 to 20 percent 
Uh, it's actually a very fun thing to learn. It's like dishwashers are super yes. efficient. I wish more landlords would. Oh, interesting. They actually can use less water oh, wow. to wash dishes. Interesting. And, and if they have uh, uh, efficient jets, uh -huh. they can blast the food. Like think about all the water, how people usually run the sink when washing dishes. Sure, yeah. And so laundry, I'm sure, is a big thing. Laundry is a big thing. And there's ways to uh, even reduce your water usage with that. Mm -hmm. uh, but the thing is, we haven't it's we haven't been training our brains to think of water as a limited resource. I remember there was like a segment on Sesame Street. That was like when you're brushing your teeth, yes, yes. turn off the water. And I have always remembered that. Same. I same. still do it. Same. So I'm like, if you teach kids how to conserve water, they will remember that forever. <laughs> well, that's like when I wash my hands. So yeah. I have a very particular ritual and it comes from that. Uh, I put soap in my hands. I wet my hands a little bit. I turn it off. Right. I scrub with the uh faucet not running and then i turn it off just to rinse right yeah i mean even like little stuff like that i'm sure if enough people if like a million people did that how much water would it save well when you're in a water crisis it matters and like right. the other thing we really have to talk about is uh uh farming yeah we have to talk about why are we pumping water so far away especially when there's a ton of alternative farming solutions mm -hmm. like i'm like, uh, I'm that hoe over there for vertical farming. Yeah, get it, get it, get it, get <laughs> it, get that, that vertical. Never been said before. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and by hoe, I mean H O. Right. Yes. E. Yeah. Actually. Um, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, of the earth. Right. Um, and I, I, I think we are in a position as a society and so many factors where we're going to see some radical shifts, radical things change. Yes. And if our behavior, like the fact that in England they're doing away with single use plastic. Mm -hmm. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. Huge. I mean, that's not easy, No. but worth it. Uh, and also why are golf courses legal? <sighs> that I, I support banning fraternities and golf courses. <laughs> If there is a politician running on that platform, I will support you. But truly, like, golf courses cater yep. to maybe 0.5% of the population, if that. Maybe, yeah. And use a tremendous amount of water. Resources. Resources. Uh, they take up space. Like, affordable housing could be bought. I also <laughs> don't understand why it can't be AstroTurf. Great point. If you want a little golf range... You can also play on AstroTurf. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's recycled materials you could use. That's a great point, yeah. Actually. Like, I mean, there's a lot of... Uh, one of the things I I find interesting is, like, how people are rethinking, like, when even we were talking about down coats, any, like, the fact that people are using recycled down to make coats, right. for me, that makes way more sense mm -hmm. than adding to the problem. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so also in climate change news, if we want to call it that, um, a remote Hawaiian island disappeared recently. Um, it was wiped off the map, map because of a powerful hurricane in the eastern Pacific. It washed away the 11-acre island in the French Forgot Shells, part of a national monument in the remote northwestern Hawaiian islands. Uh, and it was just called, like basically a perfect set of circumstances. So you had this powerful hurricane, surging waves, and also sea levels are rising because of climate change because that's what happens when a bunch of icebergs melt. Yeah. Uh, it adds to the overall volume of the ocean. So uh, the sea level is rising anyway. So when this hurricane came along, it just wiped off an island, wiped out an island, uh, which seems like it should be a big deal. <laughs> you know, like when... No. A huge landmass disappears. Whenever we are talking about, because we talked a bunch about the 2040 report that came out from the UN, but it's <sighs> happening now. Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not yeah. abstract. No. Like, like we all talk about how cute it is that, like, oh, the weather's so weird. Yeah, it's not abstractly weird. Right. This is not abstractly like, oh, I was like, oh, right, oh, 
God. <laughs> yeah, like it's it's actually catastrophic right now. And so 2040 isn't even actually um a, a, an accurate number. It it's no. now. It maybe in 2040 it'll get like even unimaginably worse, but when islands are disappearing, when major cities are running out of water, we have arrived. <laughs> uh, well, and the other thing we don't talk about, I think the World Health Organization pointed to it in 2008. We are going to see a global uptick on disease. Yes. So I've sort of loosely been covering this, but not even mentioning it too much on the show because I'm like, truly, I have nothing to say beyond this is horrifying. But in the Midwest, there is... Uh, outbreak of polio with, yes. with kids, but like it's a new form of polio. Oh yeah, it's mutant polio. Yeah, uh, and there was just another neurovirus outbreak yeah. in a pediatric center. In New Jersey, in I New believe. New Jersey, I think, yeah. So we're already seeing it. Um, I think I think the prediction for the flu season in New York is that it's going to be H1, uh, which is actually good. Because that's the vaccine that, that they have right now that protects 60% of the population. But if it, if it is ever H3, that's when it dips down to 30%. And in a city like New York, where we're like truly living on top of each other, like pandemic is inevitable. It really, really yeah. is. Which is why it's important to have a good healthcare system. <laughs> I'm laughing because I was like, I, get, I guess I got to get my... I had a cold and I was like waiting... I was like, I finally over it. I was like, I guess today's the day I get my flu shot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I've been telling everyone on this show to get their flu shot. I, I get it every year, yeah, but yeah. I've been like, you know, you. so I was in California, felt fine. Sure. I stepped off the plane yep. into New York and <laughs> uh, I was instantly sick. We're sick most of the year in New York. And I didn't realize, I was like, uh-oh. I might have to. I, I, yeah. I've i been toying with the idea. I was like, I might have to go to California for health reasons. Oh, yeah. No, I've, I've been thinking about that more and more. I mean, California has its own host of issues. With oh, yeah. Being on fire constantly. Um, um, and it could uh, shake its way off this the planet. Coast, you know, every place has its downfalls. But I do think about that a lot because I'm sick a lot in New York City. And I'm like, yeah, if I got a job in California, I would definitely <laughs> you're just like mm -hmm, mm -hmm, bye 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 i love you all so much i've also been in the city now for oh god that's depressing to think about <laughs> 13 years so that's another thing where it's like over oh. a decade it's kind of like the fuck is this you're like oh 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 god <laughs> well also when people talk all right here's the thing i wouldn't want to drive everywhere but i would get used to it and when i hear People in California who used to be in New York talk about, well, I'm just in my house all day and I don't go out and I like I don't hang out with people anymore. I'm like, that sounds fine. Just sitting in your house and having people come to you like or go to them in their them. house. Yeah. I'm like, so what? Yeah. I don't know. I'm warming to the idea. Is what I'm, I, I'm warming to the idea, too. But then there's you come here and you're like, ah, but New York does have energy. It has great energy. I love everybody here. I would definitely like miss, you know, the your crew, your people you hang out with. But more and more people are moving out to LA yeah. too. So let's just take over both cities. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, before they all drown, <laughs> uh, before they burn up or drown and die of pandemic. I mean, yes, and like that's the other thing. It's like I, I've, I've been saying this for a while, and I've gotten pushback. I was like, yeah, I'm still not convinced fracking isn't causing sinkholes or massive oh, yeah. yeah i was like i i remember when people would be like you're silly fracking has i was like no nothing we do we think about the consequences have we not figured yeah. out humanity i don't think that's like a conspiracy theory it's oh it hasn't been proven that fracking has had all kinds of consequences we haven't like for example water catching on fire yes like that did not just happened for no reason that happened because of fracking and no one really foresaw that or maybe if they did they just didn't care because they're like by the time we get our money and we're out of here all their water will be flammable but fuck them i i it's i i uh, mean so much so much guys but on that note let's get the hell out of the bad news section here's Woo! your good news <laughs> Thank you. 
So in good news, a judge did a good thing in one of the most contested elections at the midterms. In Georgia, we've been covering this race a lot. It is uh, Secretary of State Brian Kemp, who's a Republican, who's very scared that black people are going to exercise their right to vote because he is up against a really good opponent, Democrat Stacey Abrams, who's a black woman who has really energized the base. Uh, Brian Kemp was just recorded speaking to his supporters saying that, like, quote unquote, he fears people will exercise their right to vote. And also this is scary because as Secretary of State, uh, he has control over who can vote. So a, uh, a judge recently ruled that Georgia election officials must stop rejecting absentee ballots and applications because of a mismatched signature without first giving voters a chance to fix the problem. Which seems very logical, right? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, there was a mistake? Yeah. A simple one that could be easily fixed? Just let them fix it before you knock them off the voter rolls. Like, I I would hope that would be a rule in every state. I know that's not the case, obviously. But shouldn't people have the chance to just fix the simple error before you strip them of their right to vote? Seems like a good idea. Obviously, a lot of Republicans don't want them to fix that that easy little thing because it's a convenient excuse to prevent uh, people from voting, especially people you don't like, like black people who might support Stacey Abrams. <laughs> but what the di judge do? Uh, so the judge ruled that um, they have to stop doing that. They have to stop rejecting the absentee ballots and applications. Um, so that's obviously good. U.S. District Judge Lee May ordered the Secretary of State's office to instruct county election officials to stop the practice for the November midterm elections, and she outlined a procedure to allow voters to resolve alleged signature discrepancies, which, you know, obviously I, I could see a lot of people still not wanting to go that extra step to resolve it. Like, especially if you're tired, you just got done with working, and you show up, and they're like, oh, you have to go to this other place to resolve like, Just being like, fuck it, you know, <laughs> never mind. But at least there's a path to you being able to vote in yeah. theory and a judge has now ruled that that has to happen so that's good um so also in good news megan kelly is expected to end her nbc morning show girl bye 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 <laughs> so this happened after obviously megan kelly said her latest racist thing which was a like we talked about this on the show, show, but just a full lie. Can can you do your Megyn Kelly while describing this? Like I want to oh hear. Oh my god, uh, do I have a Megyn Kelly? Yes, I, you do. I actually don't know how she sounds because I don't watch her that much. But basically, she was like, "I don't understand why blackface is a big deal." When I was a kid during Halloween, we uh, people dressed in blackface all the time, and it wasn't. It was okay. It wasn't a big deal. So immediately, people were like. That's not true. First of all, like for her age range, blackface was absolutely a big deal and people didn't do it. Well, I mean, it, people probably did do it, but it was never like, okay, when she was a kid. Uh, we talked about that on the show where we were like, racist comments acknowledged, but like set them aside for a second. She's just wrong. That was a big deal when you were a kid, Megan. I love that Al Roker went after her. <laughs> it's yeah, like, still my, like Al Roker is like, no fucks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you get Al Roker to <laughs> be radical, you have fucked up. Like if, if Al Roker is your radical <laughs> race relations guy. Yeah, like, I was shocked when I saw that Al Roker weighed in, but also pleasantly surprised. I'm I like, was oh, very yeah. happy because it's like, it it was pretty 101, and yeah. his, like, profound <laughs> and very, and I mean simple in a positive way, his simple insights. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, God. So... She's expected to wind down. Oh, so there was a huge backlash to her saying that because it's super racist and inaccurate. And also, like, the the millionth shady thing Megyn Kelly has said. She also had, like, this weird rant about Santa definitely being white. Uh, uh, Santa's not real, Megyn. 
<laughs> like he's just an invented character. So. Yeah, unless you want to talk about Sinterklaas and Black Pete, and then uh, oh, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Then I would love to talk to her about that, but <laughs> she probably wouldn't let me. I don't think she would want to talk to you about it. No, yeah. no, no. Talk to me about Black Pete. <laughs> She's and like, how no, Santa Claus beats children. Oh my God, you're so sweet. No, thank you. Yeah, no, yeah, thank yeah. You. No, no. We're gonna talk about it, Megan. <laughs> okay, bye. Nope, nope, nope. Uh, I'm go out the door. Oh, nope, it's, it's locked. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you could choose to leave, but we're gonna talk. Megan. <laughs> I'll find you eventually. Uh, so she's expected to wind down her 9 a.m. Today Show hour. She had an hour. Okay. Uh, by the end of the season, girl needed 15 minutes. If that, mm -hmm. can you imagine an hour? Oh my God. So sources tell the Hollywood reporter that Kelly has met with network executives in recent weeks to discuss the future of the show and express a desire to cover more news and politics. It's unclear what NBC News would put in place of Kelly's show. So they're just moving her around. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, She's they're like Matt Lauer. <laughs> I uh, in the sense that they have overly invested in her. Yes. And also and she's the worst. Well, also I think NBC incorrectly believes that conservative viewers will come over to watch their network because of Megan Kelly. I, I also think it's gross pandering and yes. missing the point of uh uh if if you wanna lie in in bed with dogs, you're Gonna catch fleas. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. uh yeah. It it was a foolish mistake that they made, and I think I worry that they're just gonna be like, Well, there's money here, double down. Yeah, for sure. It was a really cynical strategy. Uh a great example of why we need independent media and independent news, because <clears throat> corporate news makes these kind of calculations where they're like yeah, maybe Megyn Kelly's base is like a really uh, gross racist, but we got to get those numbers up. So hopefully she'll bring some of those gross racists over to our network. Uh, and listen, I know everybody's just trying to pay the bills and they need jobs, but I don't know. How would you feel if you were Rachel Maddow or Chris Hayes and you're on the same network, the parent network of Megyn Kelly? Like, wouldn't you go talk to your boss and be like, what are we doing no. <laughs> on this network? Yeah, it's it, it it doesn't feel like we're living in the same universe and that it is perfectly fine. There are conservatives I can have a conversation with because sure. they they're able to exist in this <laughs> yeah. in this world uh -huh. and are able to point to and we can have conversations about economic but what she represents isn't a conversation it, it it's not rhetoric it's not thoughtful it's not no. any way we could build on something she's just a, a horrific mouthpiece for uh, a lot of hateful conservative ideals but less so she's like she's like but like in a friendly blonde way yeah and i just remember where there were all these think pieces about how we have to if we're feminists we have to support megan kelly even if we don't agree with her all the time no we don't especially if they're just fully racist like she continues I, to reveal herself to be i so this is something i've been struggling with i was like i feel like i, I believe everyone has the right to exist mm -hmm. i do believe bad people come in all shapes and sizes uh -huh. and Even the blonde ones. <laughs> yeah like uh like and it feels amiss if to just say all women are good because <laughs> that's yeah. dehumanizing like that is sexist to just be like based on your sex i'm gonna say that you're uh, my sister and i support you always it's like no you're a person and because you're a person, you have flaws and, you know, like you're human. So it's not like Megyn Kelly is a really good ally who fucked up one time and we're like, you know, throw her away. She has shown time and time again that she is a racist. Um, she is not sympathetic to what 99% of liberals uh, want to achieve in the world. Why do we have to you know uh, support this woman also is she a real feminist if she can't support women of color right yes like what is your definition of feminism yeah yeah maybe we should talk about that first yeah because it's like i i'm sorry if you can't support 
all women. I mean, does she support trans women? Oh, that would be a great call. When you corner Megan <laughs> Kelly and you talk about Black Pete, make sure to ask her, how do you feel about transgender women? Yeah, I was like, do you support trans women? <laughs> yeah. um, because clearly, to me, I was like, no, she clearly doesn't actually no. support. No. Like, she supports white women. Yeah. I just don't know what this fetish is about. There are some people on the left who are like, we got to, like, win over certain key conservative figures. I'm like, why? But ignore the people who've been here who want to yes. fight but aren't included in the conversation that's right. something that like i think i get very frustrated about the left because i was like no no you're you're focused on a white facing conversation a uh -huh. white binary uh, uh cis world <laughs> right right when there are a bunch of people who aren't that, who if you gave them support tools and were just like, look to them to really include them, would be like, hey, right. <laughs> ride or die. Well, it sort of reminds me like this election where Hillary Clinton lost white women. And yet we still have, we, we're not centering the conversation on like, white women are the reason Trump's president. You know, like, in addition to, I always have to say as a caveat, like, yes, Hillary Clinton won the popular vote. Yes, there was Rus Russian interference. But in terms of the millions and millions of votes Trump got, white women were the reason that he was able to convincingly steal the election, right? Um, so why has that not been the conversation since day one? Like, to my fellow white women like go get the other white women like what the f we need to have a conversation because black people are not the reason that trump is president nope so the the issue is with us the issue is within the wealthy suburbs wealthy suburban suburban people voted for trump so that's where the issue is if we're not talking about that then then we we have lost the prize you know we've taken our eye off the prize um but yeah, it, it sort of reminds me of the the Megyn Kelly thing because it's we're not really we're not really centering the conversation like we need to center it. We don't need Megyn Kelly, you know, in in terms of like building a broad feminist coalition. In fact, Megyn Kelly represents everything that's wrong with uh -huh. mainstream feminism. Yep. So let's leave her behind. Let's go talk to the rich white ladies in the suburbs. Find out what's up with them why they voted for a fascist uh and yeah and reach a hand of support to the people who who right. who thank you thank you for uh voting so you know 99 percent of us won't fucking die <laughs> yeah uh and who vote for self-interest yeah. and have their votes stolen yep yeah and taken away and i mean yeah so yeah we don't if Me Megan can catch up if she wants if she to, wants, but she, but she, she can get off that train. Yeah, she can she's off. She's off my train. Oh, there she goes. She's scampering across Bye. the field. Bye, oh, Megan. We can't have that conversation. Oh, she's Google, running faster. She's Google running Black Pete. Nope. You got to go. Yeah, she's gone. Wow. She, Megan Kelly can run. Uh, and also, guys, if you live in Florida or if you know of anybody who lives in Florida, I believe it's Initiative <gasps> 4. Uh, which will give over a million uh, people their uh, their right to vote back after they have served their prison term. So uh, that's really important. That's and it's a very very tight race. So do vote if you can, or if you know people who can vote in Florida, tell them about that ballot initiative. Tell them to vote. It's super super important. Uh, guys, please follow Keisha on uh, Twitter. Remind me of your Twitter handle. K e i s h a z or Z. Oh, right, right, okay. And uh, anything else you want to plug? Um, Astronomy Club? Astronomy Club, you can follow me on Instagram. It's K-E-I-S-H-A-Z-O-L-L-A-R. And uh, if you want to have a good time, Google Andrew and Keisha. We have new vlogs out every week. Uh, we talk about our relationship and the hell of a year we had in 2017 Ooh. it was a very traumatic year i every time i talked to you i was just like what happened <laughs> yeah uh i almost died yeah. we got jobs both our dads were sick 
uh, our neighbor died in a fire. Yeah. <laughs> we lost a ball. You had to like go out on the fire escape? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. God. And then we tried to take a panic vacation and our cab driver almost killed us. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 2017 in a nutshell, Andrew and I talk way more about it online. Oh, shit. Um, so you can uh, Google, you can uh, Andrew Kimler, you can find uh, uh, all of our latest videos there. Also, if you Google Andrew and Keisha, you can see lots of videos we overshare, but yeah. we love it. And your your show as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, that's it. Hell yeah, guys. Thank you so much for listening. And while you're at it, get out there and cause a little trouble. <laughs> <laughs>